Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Understanding the baptism of the Holy Spirit and its event in a person's life is probably singularly the most important thing that could happen after being born again. There's probably nothing that compares with it. And what's happened now for hundreds of years, about give or take 17, 1800 years, we have lost as a body of believers worldwide the understanding of the pureness and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Something has taken place and there are a number of scriptures in the Bible that lead us down the road to try to see what is wrong and how we have to respond. Because without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you really cannot live a supernatural life. You might try. And the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust, so you might get a little wet. But living a life of dominion, impossible without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Christ himself had to undergo the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the moment it occurred, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And to summarize it, to heal, teach, just get everyone saved to heal the oppressed, set the captives free, heal the broken hearts. None of that happened until he himself received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's quite remarkable that as they confront Christ in the Bible, <clears throat> the religious Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious folk, remember that term for a few minutes, they're confronting him, trying to teach him their understanding of the Bible. Just get that, because that's that's the description of religion. Man's idea about God, rather than getting God's idea straight from God. So we develop and conceive our own thoughts and opinions. Jesus' answer to that was, you do err, you make an error, because you don't know the scriptures, neither the power of God. There are so many Christians that are living without the power of God, manifesting in their life, and they become I don't want to say this in a disrespectful way. They almost become beggars or hopers, as if they might get a lucky charm in church one day. It's not the way it works. Even when they need it. Now, you've got to get the, the impact of what I'm about to say. Even when the ministry grew for the apostles and the disciples, and they were feeding people and doing what any good church does. Some people are hungry, you give them food. You sit down, you share coffee, you develop a society. Well, someone had to clean the tables. It's practical. Somebody's got to stock the bathrooms. Someone's got to wash the floor and wash the dishes. There's a practical sense of life that you can't avoid. So they said, now, wait a second. Too many people. And the people that were the teachers and were anointed with power, healing and praying for everyone and explaining the gospel to everyone, got so busy cleaning toilets, tables, waiting on people, giving them their bologna sandwich, that finally it occurred to them, this isn't working. We got a line of people that need prayer. We just, we've grown. We don't mind washing a table, but we can make better use of our anointing and our knowledge to heal a mother with a sick baby rather than washing that dish. Now get this. So they said, we got to get guys, some people, to take this over, to wash the tables. And you know what the prerequisite was? For washing a table. 
They have to be full of the Holy Ghost. For washing a table, that was the qualification. They got to get full. They have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. To wash a dish, what has happened? If I'm telling you, I'm saying something respectfully. It may sound disrespectful. It's not my intention. But in 99% of the churches on this planet, if the Holy Spirit were to leave, they wouldn't even know that he left. And that's a fact. They wouldn't have a clue because they're living, they have the Holy Spirit in measure, they got born again, but the Holy Spirit doesn't have them. They're not serving God the way the Bible says, that Jesus will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Your tongue should be on fire. If you got the Holy Ghost, you can't help but talk about Jesus Christ. You're on fire for God. And if you're not, you have to ask yourself why. You probably have not been baptized properly. Listen, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible is the sign of receiving the Holy Spirit because you feel it. That cover to cover doesn't exist. You receive the Holy Spirit by faith the same way you got born again. Now, you may get electricity running up and down your spine. That's good for you, but that's not a qualification. That doesn't tell you you have the Holy Spirit. That tells you you got some motion, that electricity is running up and down your spine. Enjoy it. But that's not the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's not by feeling. It's by faith. And according to your faith, be it unto you. But it's become the norm. The normal church, the normal Christian. No power. No manifestation. Instead, it's replaced by worry and fear. A spirit of fear, not a spirit of power in the sound mind. He said it. Nowhere. You don't know. You have no understanding of the scriptures or the power of God. Then you go to Acts 10.38. Listen to this. I mean, how, how is this deniable? You cannot deny it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. There's two. You have to have the Holy Spirit and the fire, the power of God. That's why there were cloven tongues in the upper room. That's why with Elijah and Elijah, when you read these stories, he went in a chariot of fire. Fire represented the power and the anointing when he challenged the prophets. You, you can't receive the Holy Spirit and go sit in a corner. What kind of baptism is that? You receive the Holy Spirit and you go out into the world and you conquer the world. But here it is. This is what happens now. You've got to hear this. Who went, Jesus anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. If God is with you, you're going to go about. You can't help it because if God is inside of you, God's going to do what God does. He's going to go find somebody who's oppressed, someone who's sick, and you're going to heal them and cast that devil out. You have that power. And because you haven't seen it manifest yet, that doesn't mean you don't have that power. And believe me, you're going to get it today if you have a, a tiny little bit of faith. It's all the difference in the world. Can you imagine? Did God send out, we'll get to it in a minute, but did God send out his servants without power, powerless disciples, go into all the world and be mocked? Pray and you won't get an answer. You pray and nothing will happen. Go to the sick person and they'll stay sick. Don't worry, I'm sending you to do nothing. What, 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 where did that doctrine come from? Oh, Paul says to Timothy, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. Uh, 
There's not a lack of religion in this world. People think a crystal is a religion. You sneeze and they say, God bless you. There's too much religion in this world. They don't even mean it. They don't even know what they're saying. Achoo, God bless you. There's not a lack of religion. People will say a plant, a cow, a crystal, a stone, a statue, that's God. No, no, there's too much wrong religion. It's completely fake and it's become the norm. It's like an opiate. People have gotten so used to it. If they got a miracle, they, the second miracle would be that they'd faint from fear. I'm serious. Sun stands still. Are you kidding? I'd love to see somebody stand in the middle of Queens Boulevard and say, storm stop. And it stops. Wouldn't that be something? God's just waiting for somebody to have the gumption to do it. That's all it is. That's all it is. Then you go to Luke 4. I mean, this is amazing. There's a purpose. There's a reason. You don't know enough sick people. You haven't heard of enough sick people that you should take your anointing and heal them. Suppose it were you. Suppose it were your child. Wouldn't you want somebody to be faithful to their anointing rather than putting everything else but God first? It's a narcissistic world, never mind person. Everything is self. The Bible says it. They were lovers of their own selves and they would deny the power of God. Think about that. The creator of the universe, they put in second place until they get sick. All of a sudden, everybody gets theology when something comes along. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to do what? To heal, to preach. There's a reason for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's right, my golly, yes. Somebody's a little lit, praise God. You're going to go about doing good. You keep doing like that. You're, you're filling yourself up with the Holy Spirit, trust me. The Bible says when David got anointed from that day forward, the moment the Holy Spirit touches you from that moment forward, there has to be a change. Like in Genesis, the Bible begins with a problem. Immediately the Holy Ghost shows up. Instantly it's turned into paradise. What's changed? Is either the same Jesus or it's bogus. It's Christianity has accepted they've, they've, this, this, I don't know, this placebo, this, this dead religion that does nothing. That's ridiculous. Paul, how many times do we have to say it? Paul chastises them, I mean severely. And he goes, you're acting like you're not born again. You're acting like a mere man. You're acting like a neighbor who doesn't even know God. How can there not be a difference between a child of God and a child of the world? How can there not be a difference? What's the problem? You know what the problem is? Is that Christians accept it. And they don't go, God, reveal yourself to me. Too much time watching TV. Too much time eating and gaining weight. Too much time shopping and doing whatever they do. And not enough time in that Bible, a miracle book that'll change your life, bless you, and secure your eternity. Too much time and vanity. Unbelievable. Going back to this ridiculous virus, to think that a freaking piece of cloth is the answer. That's it. Come on, Christians. Come on, man. What about the other 10 billion diseases? How good is that piece of cloth? How about taking the blood of Jesus in the spirit and saying, I apply the blood of Jesus to my life. I'm going to trust my God rather than a tissue paper.
But that's just symptomatic of society. That's just an emblem. It's not the specificity of the face covering. That's not it. It's the mind. It's the accepting of this, of the accepting that we can't be so powerful that the world will look at the Christian church and say, screw that mask. I want what that lady has. I want what that woman has. Give me that. She never gets sick. Is there sickness in the kingdom of God? Come on. Meanwhile, God said, pray thy kingdom come. It's within you. Manifest it. Good Lord. Oh, good Lord. Good Lord. The power of God. David, listen to this biblical illustration because it's in the Bible for a reason. There's this young boy. He's a young boy rejected by even his father. And they call him, and he's the anointed one. And he gets filled from the Holy Spirit. That's it. God says, done. He has God. There's a battle going on, literally over a million soldiers. And they're fighting one guy, a giant, huge man, a monster, Goliath. And the Bible says that the entire army is trembling in the trenches that they built to, to hide. Just picture it for a moment. You've seen those World War II movies where the soldiers are in the trenches, and you picture all Israel just sticking up their head, and there's the giant. And they're just looking, looking, sticking up their head, and there's the giant. And they're all hiding, a million soldiers. How big were those trenches? What is going on? And they're terrified from this one man. Terrified. No one will go out and confront him. A thousand soldiers won't go out and confront him. Why is this story in the Bible? It's typifying Christianity. Along comes the one anointed individual. One, a boy, young, a strapling. And he says, what's going on? He visits his brothers. They're so disconnected with reality that they say to him, why are you here? And they mock him. They taunt him. Why are you here? Why aren't you with your little sheep? Why don't you come? You want to see the fight? Is that You came to see the fight, David? If he was sarcastic, you go, what fight? <laughs> you ain't fighting. You're hiding, you little coward. If he was fresh. But no. He goes, what are you talking? Tell me what's going on. He goes to other people. He ignores them. When they tell him that this man is confronting Israel, he goes, what? Let me at him. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're, you know, you weigh 130 pounds. You're a little kid. Where are you going? No, no, no. Let me at him. Why? And the giant sees David and just ridicules him. What are you? Are you? How stupid is this scene? Look at me. I'm Satan. Look at you. You're a punk. And you know what David says? Huh. Buddy, I'm not coming to you in my own strength. You're defying the armies of the living God. I'm coming to you in the name of Jehovah. I've got God, you don't. And you're about to find out what that means. There's the difference. A nation of Christians hiding in a hole, scared. One guy's got the anointing. That's all it takes. It's all it takes. One person with the anointing. Because that anointing was, listen, the anointing was anointed to distribute and multiply. The moment you have the Holy Spirit, you can lay hands on other people and impart the Holy Spirit. Stop leaving it to yourself. That personality, that being of God, 
the triune God has got to come through you to other people. Stop being just a receptor that all you do is receive. Start being a transmitter. Put it out there. Put that fire on display. Come on now. Really. Give God a chance. Then the other illustration in the Bible that is so difficult to not understand. It's impossible to not understand this. It's impossible. One of the best known stories in the Bible. The humiliation of Jesus Christ. And his best friends run and leave him alone naked. That's a hard picture for me. After he's laying on the ground begging his father, he becomes resolute. He says, if I have to do this, I will. And all he ever asks, get this, oh my God. All he ever asks is just don't leave me alone. Just pray with me for a little while. Just don't leave me alone. I'm doing this for you. Don't leave me alone. Well, they leave him alone. And he continues the journey. There he is being tortured, whipped, mocked, his beard pulled out of his face, his hair yanked out of his skull. The Bible says his facial tissues, his whole side of his face was ripped off. So you can see as if it were a side view, his teeth and gums and the inside of his mouth. He had no flesh here. Think. Just think. And in this moment, Peter, the fisherman, Tarzan in his mind, denies Christ right in front of him, right in front of the public, right there while he's warming himself because he had a chill. It was a little cold. Just let me get warm here by the fire. Watching that man that man alone what a scandal he denies him and he begins to curse F you I don't know who the hell that is what a moment but then something happens Jesus thank God resurrects he decides that he's going to forget all that and he's going to visit Peter in the upper room and baptize him in the Holy Spirit. Think of the cowardice, the treachery, the betrayal. It's beyond imagination that the Holy One of Israel, the Bible says, is limited by Israel. The Holy One of Israel is limited by his people because they will not venture out. They just won't move. They'd rather take an aspirin. Now in the upper room, Peter is baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. The man comes out of the upper room and confronts the crowds that assembled when they saw the speaking in tongues and all of a sudden the turmoil and atonement that's taking place. As they assemble, this coward stands up and says, I have a speech to make. You, you crucified the Holy One of Israel. Whoa, where did that boldness come out, Peter? There's 3,000 people, there are more, more, tens of, they'll kill you. 
You're not scared of being crucified? No, I'm not. You crucified the Holy One of Israel. What's the change? The baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. The power of God in an individual to change lives. It's supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be one degree less. You're supposed to be turned into bold as a lion, an apostle of Jesus Christ, a miracle worker, a sign and a wonder. Stop looking for somebody else to do it for you. You do it for you and then go do it for somebody else. Stop trying to be fed the tit from the bottle and go outside and be the fountain of youth for someone else. Stop always trying to get. Start trying to give. Know who you are. You're a child of God for crying out loud. Doesn't that mean anything to you? I pose the question, the most important question in the Bible, really. What does it mean to you? To you? Well, what? To be... You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What exactly does that mean to you? What does it mean to you personally? I will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon me. But I'm going to leave my neighbor dying with that stupid lie that no one will confront. They just accept it. Oh, Billy Boy got this disease. He, you know, he got that. What? March down over that house and say, you have nothing. Give me the anointing oil. Be somebody for God. Be like Peter. What? Grow up. Don't get offended. Please don't get offended. God Almighty, don't get offended. Don't, don't. That's part of the problem. He did not send you out powerless. That's ridiculous. That's an absurdity. The problem is that people won't go in the power of the Holy Ghost. People, if they're going to clean a bathroom, you got to be full of the Holy Ghost to clean a bathroom. You want to know why? Because the Christian's going to use that bathroom. You better have a dawn full of anointing for him. What are you talking about? What am I talking about? All of life is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's why Elijah and Elijah, hmm, the guy says, I want a double portion of your spirit. What a nerve. The most covetous man in the Bible. I'm not satisfied with what you have. I want more. That should be your attitude. I don't care what you have. You're just a step for me. I want more than what you got. Somebody hunger and thirst after righteousness. Somebody have that fire, that passion, that zeal, that want. Not just go about in life accepting life. Come on, man. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus received it and he went about doing good. The Bible says in Matthew, we studied it. After you receive this, Go do something with it. As you go, you have to go. Most people don't go. Most people won't give out a flyer. Most people will bring no one in their life to church. What is that? I'm a Christian. According to who? Mommy told you you were a Christian? What make, please, your salvation is at stake. Your eternity is at stake. He's coming any minute, let me tell you. We're the only generation that can say everything is complete in the Bible. He's waited 2,000 years for a generation to say that. He's waited more than those years to have Israel reborn out of nowhere in the middle of a billion Arabs. There's something going on here. 
You may hate Donald Trump. Hate him all you want. God used him to sign that document moving the embassy over. You hate him all you want. That's not the issue. The issue is that God used him. You, you, there are no left signs. It wouldn't be like Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, no, it's not like Sodom and Gomorrah. No, we're doing, this society's doing great. Mm -hmm. You can't even turn on the TV if you have children because of the commercials. This, this, it's called the Holy Spirit, by the way. Somebody should, you know, connect the dots. Next time you're going to do what you're going to do, maybe you should remember you have the Holy Spirit, yeah? Mm. I know that got somebody. I, that, yeah. I feel in the Spirit. Somebody, got, oh, you went, ouch. Ooh, that one hurt, yeah? Amen. Amen. Listen to this. Because we have to read it. There's, you have to see it. I can't just say it. Know that in the last times it will be perilous. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers. <laughs> Man, I know about that one. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying the power of it from such from such run turn turn away it'll corrupt you there are too many people that have wrongful alliances they let other people that should never have a voice in their life have a voice in their life they allow even family members and i'm not preaching discord in the family god forbid but if someone's trying to keep you from God, you better be stronger to get them to God than they are from keeping you from God. You better win that argument. So you're about to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the single most important event in your life. Clearly, the one that brings the power, the one that brings the power to stop sinning, the one that can fix everything, because that's his design. The one that will empower you to do things you never thought possible. The one that will create a destiny in the future for you that you thought was in your rearview mirror. You have no idea what's coming. The best is yet to come.